Here's the snapback. Here's the kick. He's got the leg into it. If it is good, and it is! Austin scores! A 49-yard field goal, and Indiana leads 27 to 24. Oh, it's an end around one to go. Rolling out of the pocket to a strong hand. Delivers deep down the field. Caught touchdown! Fry Fogel again! Welcome to the OEO Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bragg. You can find me on Twitter. It's at Braggley, B-R-A-G-G-L-E-Y. I prefer you don't based off of uh, last weekend. I'm here with my co-host, as always. It's Brandon. You can find him on Twitter. It's at Brandon Dubich. Brandon spelled traditionally Dubich, D-U-B-I-C-H. What's up, Brando? What is up? Well, here to announce to our loyal followers that positive Brandon has been retired. Thank God. Uh, I am unsure what bit I am going to take on for the Wednesday uh, Nebraska pregame show, but positive Brandon has been uh will not get a jersey in the banners um but you know what he'll be sent with a nice severance package and uh you know sent off to the farm in upper new york yeah speaking of somebody i wish i could send off to a farm uh our producer seth you can block him on twitter it's at safe top five s-e-t-a-h-5 no live tweets because he was uh well he was he was given the task of chaperoning me which was totally unnecessary thank you cincinnati fans for not being um incredibly um for lack of a better term dickish um see i heard different i'm not gonna there was two twitter handles that was at the game popular twitter handles i'm I'm sure that they were um based off of one of the guys that was sitting behind us maybe seth maybe a row or two to our left uh, that kept running up and down the aisles trying to get the IU fans pumped up and an IU fan. Um, I'm assuming that they're, these Twitter handles were probably along the lines of this guy, which I get it, but I felt like our, our section was doing just fine, actually, for being in a way section. But either way, uh, what is up? Well, I'm glad you had that experience. I'm not. You're not Two and what? six. Oh, yeah. Two and no, no, six. No. Seth is done, I think, uh, unless I need another sober ride, sober-ish ride home. Um, My two, two wins away. are against Idaho. So um, if you want to keep scheduling Idaho, I guess I'll keep coming. But um, yeah, two and I'll, six. I'll, I'll pencil you in for Charlotte next year. So, um, okay, we're here to talk about the final score I, uh, for the, of the Cincinnati game this weekend. IU 24, Cincinnati 45. Um, I'll, I'll say it. Uh, no, I won't. It's pretty, pretty relative to how the game went. Actually, um, I did put myself through the torture of listening to the the press conference. Just kind of wanted to see what if there were any updates, and one of them being DJ Matthews and how we didn't see any of him really at all in the second half, even though he wasn't productive at all to begin with. Um, I think his stat line today, Saturday, and hopefully neither one of you guys were gonna was going to talk about this, but two catches for negative three yards along of one. Um, so they totally shut him down. Uh, but DJ has an injury day to day, not going to say whether or not he's going to play on Saturday. Of course, it's typical Tom Allen. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, 
it was it was tough to to see that. Um, Tom Allen has asked a lot about the offensive line, as you can imagine. And uh, probably for the first time in Brandon, how long has it been like a legit problem? Two years? Like major problem? Probably two years. I'd say for the first time in his, in the two years that he's been bombarded with this question today was the first time I was like, he's pretty critical about this. Um, Called it a high priority. It's very critical. Uh, They're going to start adjusting players on the offensive line. For me and what Seth and I saw in person, we were trying to figure out why Josh Sales ever came out of the game. Um, now, I don't, we didn't go back and rewatch it to see if it was any good, but when he was out there, I thought he looked the part. Um, you didn't notice him. Well, yeah. Well, I noticed him because he's a monster, number one. But other than that, no, it didn't. No, I knew when Parker Hanna was out there. Um, and then they talked a little bit about right guard with, with um, Weaver and. Help me out here. Bryant. Is that right? Benson. 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 I think that's left guard. Okay. Oh, no, you're right. They I'm said sure. right guard. Up. They said right, guard right in the press conference, right. but yeah, I think that's right. The right guard. They talked about switching him out, them out a bunch of uh, times and Seth noticed that as well. Cause that's all he does is pay attention to the offensive line. Um, but savant, some may say, yes, I did bring it for the first time. And I don't think you, you watched or listened to it, but I did think for the first time, this was the most critical as far as he's not going to say anything, I don't, he's not that kind of coach. He's not going to come out and say, Nope, this is, this is the problem. We know where it's at. We're going to fix it. Blah, 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 blah. He did. He basically came out and said that, but he didn't come out and say, it's gotta be the coaching. Right. But we'll leave that to um, all the uh, football experts that like to tweet us after the game. So um, let's talk about while we're there, Let's talk about what went right, and then we'll just continue to kind of roller coaster our way through this whole thing. Brandon, what went right for you? Holy cow, there were some individual performances that were great. Mm-hmm. This was a perfect game of the sum of the parts were drastically less than the individual parts. Um, the, the Cam Camper is a legitimate stud. Mm-hmm. Cam Jones and Aaron Casey – we said going into the season, it was going to be very hard to replace Micah McFadden. I, those two are doing a really good job of masking any huge deficit that Micah McFadden leaves. Um, those three guys are just an absolute blast. And then one thing we haven't seen in a while, and I kind of have, and again, it's not a solution, right? But our pass catching out of the backfield, mm-hmm. both Shivers and Henderson are extremely capable. That one-handed catch by um, Shivers, I think it was last game during Western Kentucky. I don't think it was this game. Henderson had uh, a, a one-handed catch against Western Kentucky. That was him. Just insane, right? So, like, instead yeah. of running the same zone run off guard, instead of running the same pitch that our tackle just gets blown off of, run uh, – Literally throwing out of the backfield works as a run. It does. Um, now, <laughs> I understand Baz is number one in the country in throwing attempts, and, you know, we don't want to throw his arm off. But, you know, I mean, if one thing's working and it's a substitute, do that. So uh, the individual performances and the pass catching out of the backfield um, were, were things that, that I noticed. So for me, and it was – incredibly obvious in person and i'm sure that a lot of people had, at that point had maybe had turned the tv off um well first off let's talk about that um 
if anybody wants to talk a bunch of trash and it, it may be more obvious at, at IU just because it's a lot more of an open stadium at Nippert, it's very close. It's very closed in. You're close to the field, man, their fan base, just like half of them just pieced gone at halftime. Now I get it 38 to 10 at halftime. Like, yeah, sure. You could probably go ahead and pack it up. But, I mean, they, I, you made a game out of it here in the second half, and the reason that was was because of their defense. Um, let me read the, the drive charts for um, Cincinnati in the second half. Interception, three plays, punt, three plays, punt, three plays, punt, three plays, punt, seven plays, punt, seven plays, downs, three plays, punt, three plays, touchdown, which we'll get to that in just a second, and then the end of the game. But the touchdown came from when we gave it up on downs and just – five really bad plays deep in our, our territory, but a total of 70 yards of offense in the second half given up, you know, they're going to script to try to run the football. They could not run the football at all. I was, which the announcers again, you guys were at the game Yeah, for the first half. Wouldn't shut up with how like good their running backs were, how they were replacing Jerome Ford about how, you know, they're one of the best coaching team. And then when we, stuff them like yeah. they had nothing to say like they just they kissed Cincinnati's ass because they should have I mean they scored 38 first half points but then like they, they literally like ran out of things to talk about when we absolutely shut them out in the second half they're running backs because they they take into account obviously um sack yardage and stuff in rushing yards their running backs were nine for 25 yards which is 2.8 yards per carry and 14 for 17 which is 1.2 yards per carry. They could not run the football. Whereas our running backs weren't great. Shivers 19 for 79, which is over four yards of carry, which is fine. That's what you want. Uh, Henderson didn't get a whole lot to look at. 12 carries, 29 yards, made better plays out of the, out of the receiving end. But I mean, they couldn't do anything. I was screaming for the first time this year, run the football, keep running. Like, sure, the clock's running out, but you're only going to get three plays out of this drive. But the, the second half, half defense for me was <clears throat> one of the very small few things that went right. And it was perfect. Just uh, wish we could have had a little bit more of that in the first half. Seth, do you have anything else that went right? No. Pass. Okay. Um, let's try to keep this section a little shorter uh, if possible. But uh, Brandon, what went wrong? All right. What went wrong? Mental mistakes, man. Um, by by too many players for me to individually call out. Um, not just mental mistakes by players, though. By also coaches. We had some crucial penalties in some just horrible situations. Just some absolutely scheme meltdowns. When we gave up that first down and, like, I don't know if we had 10 men on the field or it was just an obvious like scheme mess up where like the back came out of the backfield wide open. Tom Allen turned and just screamed at a coach and the coach did like pat his chest and had to say my bad a million times. Um, and then was 11 the running into the kicker. Was it that one? No, it wasn't because it wasn't the roughing, one. the roughing, the punter was a just a mental breakdown. And I got to figure out what drive that was on. Um, cause I'm pretty sure they got a touch. It was in the fourth, it was in the it. fourth quarter. Was it in the fourth quarter? Yeah. So maybe they're okay on that then. Cause they didn't, they didn't do anything outside of that in the fourth quarter, but continue. I'm sorry. And then, and then 11 man effort. I mean, it seems 
seven or eight guys consistently are going really, really hard. And then you can point to two or three guys that kind of ruin it for everybody. Um, you know, and it's that's hard to watch. Right. It, it's really, really hard to watch. And here we go. I'm not going to name names, but a guard just gets slammed into your quarterback or a DB just completely forget how to play sound football or for like, again, the, you know, the, the coverage unit um, that has ran that play a million times. Right. So like what went wrong was a lack of 11 man effort. And, and I'm going to contradict myself a little bit down at that, down at the end of my final statement. But when you're at IU and you don't have all four or five stars, you got to have 11 man effort, right? Because what you're going to make up in talent advantage, you have to make up an execution. You have to make up an IQ and, and there isn't there. The margin for error on a team like IU is smaller than other programs. And you just can't have mental mistakes, coaching malpractice, and 11-man effort. And I blame all three of those bullet points on coaches. Yeah. On coaches. Yeah. Who coaches effort? Coaches. Coaches. Who coaches execution? Coaches. Who coaches, um, you know, who? I mean, again, who's who's responsible for coaching malpractice? Coaches. Um, So uh, that's that is getting old in an early season. Yeah. And so I just, it just uh, hit me what the major problem was. I mean, there were a couple, I mean, you drive all the way down to their five yard line and don't get any points out on that one. Um, that was at 17, 38 third quarter. Still, you got a minute to go in the third quarter. Seventeen thirty. Yeah. You score that. I mean, you do get another touchdown at some point, but you score that. And based off the way this team has played in crunch time this year, it it's major butt pucker time for Cincinnati. The other one is, and I, and I don't want to call the kid out by name, but not having an experienced punt returner back there, even just having somebody on, let's just say scholarship um, back there to return punts at the end of the game, you've got one fair catch at the 10. And then you have another fair catch at the four, Brandon. And I don't think Seth and I have ever seen a player at least that close literally have his face melted off by three coaches walking off the field at the same time. But that's in my mind, that's not the players. You're absolutely right. That's not the player's fault. You practice where to stand. You practice. Okay. If it goes in between here, Peter, 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 get the heck away from the ball. Like if you're at that level, you've returned enough punts to have um, maybe not situational awareness, but at least field awareness. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that was a very bad look for the punt returner. It's even a worse look for the coach, in my opinion. Yeah. It's tough, man. Cause I, I want to agree with you, but at the same time, the coaches aren't the ones standing at their four yard line with their hand in the air, ready to catch the football. Um, I can't imagine that they weren't screaming at him from the sidelines or telling him before he went out there not to do that, but he did it and it, it happened. But either way, I'm going to end this pretty quick. What else went wrong? Uh, the Nippert stadium bathroom situation 
is a disaster. I walked in immediately from the outside. The place looks fantastic. You don't even know it's a stadium really outside of like, you could see like one end zone corner where you could see a light. Like we had to ask somebody because it said we were 14 minute walk away from the stadium. And it was literally like three minutes away, like right there, right in front of us. But either way, it, it, it's, it's very old on the inside, but it looks and feels cool. Like it feels college football, like when you're in there. And so I, I walk in and I see, you know, a, a large bank of porta potties um, on the other side of the stadium from where our seats are. So me having to use the restroom, think, well, with such nice facilities outside and it looks great on the inside, you got to imagine they're going to have even Memorial stadium level bathrooms somewhere. Nope. Nothing but green portos everywhere. So you got to go poo poo. You got to, you got to go in a porto. You got to go pee. You got to go in a porto. So yeah, not great. Not great. Um, anything else that went wrong that we really want to sit here and continue to talk about or do it? Seth has something. Yeah. I'll just say the lack of complimentary football. I think when the Colts were really good, what you saw was an offense that was predicated on obviously Peyton Manning, but then they paid for tackles to protect him. Mm -hmm. They paid for receivers to get open. Um, and then they had the two best defensive ends because they knew if they had a lead, all you have to do is pressure the passer, create a little pucker, butt, and you know, you can kind of be very successful at that. At what point does Indiana football complement itself offensively, defensively, special teams? Well, there's that, no that... cohesion. So Seth, I got, I got a quick question. Not a quick question. I guess it's a statement. You need identity. Right. And there hasn't been identity on this team since uh, DeBauer was here. And there hasn't been an identity um, since Kane Womack left. Now, that's only been a season and a third on defense and what, two years, two or three years for DeBauer. So it's been. Sh but the complimentary football can't exist when you don't have an identity. When DeBauer was there, it was run game and then deep ball, run game and then deep shots. Right. That's what the identity was on defense with Womack. It was blitz blitzes from the outside blitzes from the inside blitzes from the secondary blitzes everywhere, just all day blitzes. We're four games into this year. We're a third of the way into the season. And I have, I guess Walt Bell's trying to do tempo, but he doesn't do tempo in the critical like keys the of the second, game. Second fastest in the country. I think, yeah, but it, it doesn't happen on third down. It doesn't happen in goal to go. It's like he forgets his own identity in the in the key situations. I don't know if he's just overthinking it or he's trying to run his best scripted plays. IU's been pretty good in between the twenties. When we're ninety yards away, we forget how to play football. When we're ten yards away, we forget how to play football. Twenties to twenties, we've been tearing it up. The Josh Henderson catch where he's wide open for the touchdown. That's nothing, but that's because of pace, pace of play, pace of play. That's all that is good. More of that. And you're going to see that this is what drives me nuts. And God forbid, I'm about to say this on a, on a, on a I guess, technically it's a national platform. If you want to listen to it wherever you want, you can. So if anybody Don't we have a guy who listens this, from like Japan or something, probably so international. So it's so hard for me to say. Tony Romo said something yesterday during the Colts broadcast Corona Tony, baby, that I 
couldn't have agreed with more. While watching Matt Ryan continue to run for his life um, as he's trying to make different play calls, he he said it. He goes, this team has been together for, what? how many games has the Colts played? Have they played three now? So they've been together for three games with uh, that quarterback and learning the system and figuring out the players and everything else. Now imagine, that's just one quarterback on a professional team. So imagine how many new starters do we have? 16, probably somewhere around there. Imagine 16 you, new you starters. You can say we because you have an IU football podcast. You can't say we. You don't have a cold. Oh, podcast. yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. My bad. Um, I was talking about You're not IU part football. of the family. And it's going to be, I'll talk about those policemen uh, in a little bit later. But um, so IU football's got it's rough. I don't know. I'm just guessing. I'm going to guess 16, 12 to 16 new starters on defense and offense and it's four games in and they're three and one and just lost to the best team well maybe the best team on the schedule so far um on on their first road game together with a new offensive coordinator a new defensive coordinator new defensive line coach a new wide receivers coach a new running backs coach i mean you can keep going on and on and on and on they're figuring it out this game, too little, too late, but it's getting it. It's getting there. What do you got, Seth? Nothing. Okay. Um, speaking of getting there, we're getting there now. Um, let's get to stocks. Let's go stock down since I'm already kind of pissed off. So um, stock down, Brandon, what do you got on offense? Dude, I, I, you seem to like him better than I do. I think the third down percentage, I think the red zone percentage speaks for i think the efficiency percentage i mean again you didn't listen on the broadcast but there was one point like they just hammered how many plays per uh possession they hammered how many points per possession stock down is walt bell mm-hmm. man um that's that uh, again maybe i'm going too hard on the coaches here but i thought it was very apparent um that it wasn't a talent issue um, and it was a, a, a out coaching issue. Um, so stock down is Walt Bell. I mean, it's on my list. I've got his inconsistency and in just <clears throat> kind of like what you talked about. But at the same time, he's there are so many flashes of brilliance. And it's just like it, it's an, I mean, we ran a 16 play. I'm sorry. IU football ran a 16 play drive in four minutes. Like. I get that, and, and you go 81 yards, and then they end up turning the ball over. But let's read those or on downs. Let's read the first and goal from the eight. Pass complete to the five, and then pass incomplete. Pass incomplete. Timeout. Pass incomplete. I mean, he's not throwing the football. I'll tell you that much. And I don't know. I don't remember that exact drive that was at. Um, oh, that was 58 seconds to go in the third. So, yeah, that was the one that would have put him up. 24 to 38 at that point they come back and they score on the very next drive then it's 31 38 and then uh uh-oh Cincinnati so I I'm with you it's four games into the season let's see how it progresses he's learning the players the same way everybody else is so I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the obvious uh nail on the head and just say the offensive line is a huge stock down it was a big stock up for me um it was either last game or the Idaho game but holy cow dude I've watched my two quarterbacks between Baz and Matt Ryan 
in the last two football games that I've watched, just be on, under constant pressure on obvious passing downs. And I mean, dude was, well, he made some, some poor reads occasionally and, and some rush throws, but man, he made some, uh, he was just constant pressure. And how many sacks did they have today, Brandon, or on Saturday, Brandon? Do we have that in front of us? Give me a second. Hold on. Got a box score right here. I got you. They had five sacks. Five sacks. That is one more than what they had given up the entire season to that and point. And 12 tackles for loss and 12 quarterback hurries. Yeah. And... That's it's in the backfield 29 that. times. Yeah. 29 times officially in the backfield. You know, there were times that weren't counted. So I'm comfortable saying 30 plus times somebody got beat either yeah. schematically or execution. And those listening are no. screaming schematically at you right now because it's yeah, we all know who's, whose head is on the chopping block right now. We don't need to continue. But I, to I'm done that. talking position coaches, Me talk too. coordinators all day. But I'm Grant, not talking position coaches. I'm just Seth, not, uh, not doing stock it. Stock down offense. 31 You're for fine. 66. Go ahead. go ahead. We just talked about why he was 31 for 66, but go ahead. Five, The five sacks accounted for minus 49 total yards. Um, you know, he was running for his life. Uh, so it's hard to really have an issue with the passing completion percentage. His QBR was 42.5. My problem is when he rolls or or should I say escapes outside of the pocket, because they're not designed rolls. He does not do himself any favors. Some of the worst technique I've ever seen. He, because he's rolling, he limits himself to that side of the field. And frequently there's maximum of two or three receivers at that time. And you can cover them easily. He's not fast enough to escape really athletic outside linebackers or defensive ends. He doesn't have the escapability of Patrick Mahomes to do like little sidearm flips. He's limited and rolling or escaping makes it even worse. So I don't want to come down on him. This isn't about why, you know, he, anything like that we've talked about the whole stock point down. is his stock can be down 100 yeah. you can take his stock down sometimes it's better to stay in the pocket so you have multiple options he was so he was under so much pressure he was looking to escape sometimes before the pressure even got there yeah um and it's all you know it's it's rightfully in his head but at the same time you need to have the poise you need to have that leadership to stand up stand in the pocket take the hits and have the full five receiver set as an option to pass to. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, defense. And I, I called the last time. I mean, I think I think Badges is what he is, right? We're, we're going to get Jekyll and Hyde. Um, and there was a lot more Hyde. See, I, don't, I, I just I disagree with that. I think he's a really good quarterback. And he's a consistent quarterback. It's gonna I think make- he is a good quarterback. I, I, think, think, he's, I, think, I think he's an above average quarterback. That's what I mean. I think he's a good enough quarterback to to take this team where they need to go correct um he just he's you've got to give him more than a second to throw the football you have or you have to scheme it to succeed yeah or you scheme it Mm -hmm. you start running western kentucky football and he'll he'll be fine but i don't want to run that dink and dunk schemed 
uh, carnival football. I want to run Big Ten football, and that's what we need to do and get a Big Ten offensive line in there. But either way, defense, what do you got? I think there's only one to pick from, Brandon. What was that? I'm I mean, just stock- going, defense stock down. I'll just tell you. I'll yeah, just take I, everybody's I, right now. No, I have Chad Wilt, but it plays into yours. Okay. So. Well, I'm just going to go with the defensive backs, all of them. They were all bad, every single one of them. So here's my question, and you're going to kill me. We've seen these DBs under other defensive coaches be good. Did they just forget how to play football at age 23? I think it's changing scheme. So you're changing schemes too much. So whose fault is that? That isn't the player's fault. It's got to be Wilt's fault. It has to be. It has to be. Like, Jay Will, we saw it, you know, we saw it through the years. You know, he... He makes big plays because he takes big risks, right? But he was never fundamentally sound. He was never, you know, all these other things that Taiwan Mullen did not forget how to play football. He did Saturday. Sangetti didn't forget how to play football. Noah Pierre didn't forget how to play football. Like, I can understand lesser talent having down seasons. I, okay, okay. There's too good of guys in that backfield to look as bad as they do. I don't, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're just not practicing hard enough or their focus isn't there, both coaching issues. But I seem to think that this is a Chad Wilt problem. But you're right. RDBs don't know how to play at all. And to your point, they have schematically made it so that there are wholesale substitutions on anything that's considered a passing town. Mm-hmm. They bring in Matt Holt at Husky instead of Noah Pierre. They bring an entirely different group of safeties. They bring an entirely different off, uh, defensive line. And yet, so, th- so essentially what they're saying is, this is the best pass defensive players we have on the team. That's what they're saying. And they're the ones who weren't living up to it. So, um, you know, that that's the hard thing is, is are those really the best players to be in, in passing situations? Then you have to ask yourself. So who's the one evaluating that? Who are the ones who are making those substitution calls? And, you know, again, not singling out any one specific person. It's easier to blame it on the on the coordinator at that point. Yeah. And it's hard to see where, I mean, again, I haven't gone back to rewatch it, but were there play, were there calls? I mean, were there audibles out there from Cam Jones to say, Hey, we're going to, uh, I mean, you see it in the NFL all the time. Hey, we're switching to a, we're switching to a two deep zone or we're switching this. We're getting off a of man. We're not blitzing. We're not doing like whatever. Was there any of that coming in? And then the communication just wasn't there because that I, it had to have been the 75 yarder to Scott, but there was, I looked up and Taiwan Mullen was like, 15 yards behind him and just watching the ball sail through the, through the air and nobody was behind him. So I, I, I get that we, well, IU has to based off of their defensive line and the way that it's looked so far is going to have to bring blitzes like what you want, Brandon, but that's going to require man, man defense. And if not, everybody's on the same page, then you're going to have what happened on Saturday. Do I think they're going to fix it? Absolutely. I mean, have we seen a bit, have, have there been a big play? Has there been a big play like this at all this season? No. I mean, there's been, there was one right against Illinois, maybe just one that was like a 50 yarder. No, Seth's saying Idaho, but I don't remember a big one against Idaho. Oh yeah, whatever. But not, not like a, this is old school, Kevin Wilson defense, 75 yard defense. Yeah. yeah. This is, that was bad. 
they'll fix it. They'll fix it. And if they don't, guess what? Casey Thompson's, is that his name? Casey Thompson isn't awful. His team and his coaching is probably pretty bad, but he's not awful. And so he'll tear it up. So we'll see what happens on, on Saturday. All right, let's finish on kind of a high note and then we'll get through the rest of the, the jibber jabber, but um, stock up offense, Brandon. Stock up on offense is Anderson Kobe. You know, I mean, DJ went down and we really needed somebody to step up and he just found holes. He doesn't do anything overly like he's not a burner. He isn't a leaper. He just made catches look easy and seemed to always be open. Um, I hope he's really starting to settle in and I hope Baz is starting to trust him because I think we can all agree we have two weapons in uh, in DJ and Camper. But having a third or fourth option is huge. Um, and I think we've all been wondering, is that going to be Simmons? Is it going to be McCulley? Like, who's going to be that third guy? Is it going to be Swinton? And I think it's going to be Anderson Kobe. Um, he's a guy I know you were higher on than I am going into the season. And you're looking pretty smart right now. Wow. Thank you. Um, I'm going to take the obvious because I, I, although I, I'm not sure it could get any higher, is Cam Camper and Seth can attest to the reason why my voice sounds like this is because I was screaming the entire every single time six throw the ball to six every single he's open every single time every he's he's gonna play on Sundays man 10 catches 126 again went scoreless again but they don't really target him too much in the red zone Hmm. Um, Hmm. Hmm. remember he doesn't throw the footballs from the press box um so but either way, Cam Camper, he looks like a stud. He's been very productive. I, I don't know where he ranks nationally in yardage or in catches, but this is another double-digit catch game for him, another 100-yard game for him. And uh, I'm going to look that up right now. But, Brandon, tell me who your stock up is on, on defense. Not a lot to choose from, so I'm pretty sure we might have a double, but we'll see. I mean, Aaron Casey's 1B. I mean – all he, all they wanted to talk about was Cam Jones and understandably so, but like Aaron Casey is making as many plays. Um, that guy, he, he, I'm very, very impressed and I'm shocked. Here's a guy who I think stock was, wasn't low going in. Um, but, but yeah. Yeah. I'm with, I'm with, uh, Cam, um, sorry, Cam Jones. It's pretty obvious. He's, he's, a total difference maker. Uh, by the way, while we're here, Cam Camper, number five in the country in receptions per game. Number one is irrelevant. Um, just based off of their record. And then uh, just looking here, that's team stats. Let me see where he's at per game. Um, this is great. Receiving yards per game. Um, he is number eight in the country at um, just over 100, 104.5 yards per game. And thanks to the performance on Saturday from our defense, Tyler Scott, now number seven at 105.8 yards per game. So in the uh, Chuck Jones from Purdue comes in at number three in that list. So um, Cam Camper is legit. That's all I'm going to say. And we've got at least one more year of him. So... Um, unless he keeps doing what he's doing, then maybe he's done, but we'll see. And good for him. Um, speaking of done, we're almost there. Uh, but before we do that, got to do a super quick word from our sponsor, Monon Track Club. 
unless Seth had a stock up on defense, another one. Yeah, so I had Aaron Steinfeld on offense as a stock up. He had two catches. Um, he really nice apart, to see him. Didn't he looked big. Yeah, he filled in. I think Bomba's going to be out for a while. Yeah. Um, I haven't heard anything, but it looked like he wasn't. I don't think he traveled. Um, we tried to pay attention. I think Carpenter was the only Carpenter uh, in street, like in a jersey. I think, but street right. clothes. He was the only one I recognized. Um, and then on uh, defense, I had uh, James Head Jr. He was back there. Yeah. Um, had a really nice tackle on one play. So nice yeah. to see him back in there. Uh, don't know if he's 100% healthy, but he certainly looked like uh, he'd improved uh, quite dramatically. Could use it. Could use it for sure. I thought Miles Jackson was pretty good, too. I forgot to add him in there, too. I know the stats aren't going to pop out, but I thought he was making himself present in the backfield. But, okay. Uh, super quick word from our sponsor, Monon Track Club. You guys know the whole thing. We don't have to do all this stuff. But check out the link in the show notes for the club runs on the details and all that stuff and their gear and everything. Use the promo code LEO10 at checkout. That's 10% off your order. And uh, yeah, let's get back to the show. We'll revisit the prediction super quick. Seth had us down as a loss, 34-24. It's very close. Um, he wins. And uh, Brandon and myself both put, picked very close. W's 28-27 for Brandon, 33-31 for me. Um, and those are irrelevant because we didn't win. Seth, very close. Had he had IU not given up the late touchdown, it would have been damn near right on the money. So, um, all right, Brando, Brando time. So, one, three non-serious questions. Um, will you stop going to away games? No. It's fun. Ask Seth. I, I, I think maybe that was his first legit Seth experience and like sitting in the away section with like I told him just to kind of prepare him and if nobody's been it's kind of cool to see this but it's like they take a strainer of all of the fans and no offense to Brandon because he would have gone had he not you know had other stuff to do but they take a strainer of like all of the intense IU fans or all of the intense anybody fans and you strain them out outside of the family strain them out and that's what goes to away games and i'm not saying i'm some incredible fan or anything but the the passion you make me a better fan (laughs) the passion those were our podcast wedding vows that's that's what i would perfect but the 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 passion the attention to the game the um like it's you don't have to hype anybody up on a third down like you don't have to um you know you didn't have to tell anybody who anybody was out on the field. Like it's, it's just like that at a way game. Can I do a compromise for sure? Can I do a compromise? I I do a lot of negotiating in my job. So here's my negotiation. Can you quit going to away games in Ohio? Well, yeah, because I think any other team that we could possibly play out there, I cannot stand the people that cheer for them outside of the Mac schools. Um, But yeah, I can do that. Okay. Okay. Then I'll settle. Um, all right. You and I, because of my fault, 100% my fault, are you excited to watch a game with me this Saturday? You won't be there. Never mind. I won't be watching a game with you. Yeah, I just be, now remembered. I won't be there. I'll be in Iowa. But in three weeks, we can watch an away game together. <laughs> next. Oh. Well, the next question says, what are we drinking? Okay. Um, well, we can still drink on Saturday. You just don't have to be in the same state as me. So, uh, what are you drinking nowadays? Well, right now I'm having um, 
what is it called? St. Elmo's Old Fashioned. You love those. I'm it's, not a it's fan. It's a good, it's a good uh, podcast drink in a red solo cup. Solo cup. Sorry, it works. It's great stuff. Um, but when I'm in Iowa, I don't know. I'll take some Indiana beer because we're going to visit some some friends of ours that moved out there. So we'll take some Indiana beer out there. Um, it's probably some beer pumpkin ale uh, on Saturday, or I'll do an Iowa beer. I don't know, but I would no any no offense to any Iowa people listening. Your beer is very good. So you br- are you bringing the kit? Is this a is a family vacation? It's a, it's a Honda a- Odyssey. Pack it up and an eight hour trip out there i think it's eight or six i don't it's an easy trip whatever it is it's it's easy to get out there so um but yeah yeah well, well seth if you're not doing anything I, I already got saturday night free so i i have no plans remember so. what his record is watching football games with us yeah well it's nebraska so it's true I think it's a night game. The window Tonight. I'm sure that his wife has some sort of plans that he doesn't know about yet. So you may have to go to his house and deal with his six-year-old, but um, who's fine. He's just, you know, he's going to be running around and try to show you every transformer that he owns. Cause that's what six-year-olds do. Good for him. Yeah. Um, Sounds awesome. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's Anything all I else? got. Okay. Cool. Going Seth, what, let's right. get into your sack. What is the IU equivalent pac 10 or sorry, pac 12 team? Have we done this before? It can't, what? Don't say Oregon State. It can't be Oregon State, can it? Is it Arizona? Is it Wasu? Like every few years they're good and then they go in the doldrums for a while and then they're good for a while. that might be like Minnesota maybe. Or is Minnesota I, Washington? I was thinking Washington State because at least sometimes when it's a dumpster fire, it's still fun because they like, well, at least in the leech days, they'd still throw it all over the field. I don't know. I think weren't Arizona makes like, a lot of sense. Weren't too. they up a ton on Oregon? Ooh, Saturday? both have very hot girls. I like the Arizona compared. Yeah, see, I'm I'm Arizona because it's a <laughs> that's what I love it's about a, college girls. It's a basketball school. Like yeah, the Arizona. Basketball. What is sense. Arizona and blood? Are they just a red blood school? They're not a blue blood school, but are they like a like a purple blood? Like new blood? Getting, do they have like a little bit of a blue in their blood? Or they've been pretty good since the '80s. Yeah, Jason Kidd was a beast there. What's his Simon? Some, what was Simon's name? Simon. Miles Simon. Miles Simon. Oh, him and Mike Bibby, national champs. Beat Kentucky, I think. Right? I don't know. I just remember seeing the front of the Indy Star or the IU Star, as Seth likes to call it. Okay, continue. Ah, uh, Jason Kidd with the Cal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you didn't sound very smart there, did you? Nope. <laughs> Not a basketball podcast. All right. The amount of so, what what conferences is Cincinnati in? They are in A-A-C. the Big Twelve. The AAC. The Big Twelve. Brandon. So the Big in- Twelve footprint has uh, prematurely came down all over Cincinnati. They, except for like the down markers, every single thing had Big Twelve signage everywhere it was very creepy it was like tell them about the flag seth what when they ran out on the field oh yeah they 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 had like a a cincinnati big 12 flag they like waved like you know extravagantly at midfield like we are the big 12 it was a whole thing it's like when you go to like you know (laughs) it was it was a divorced couple and then you're there with like the like they haven't finalized the paperwork yet, and then the new girls just the coming around, hanging girl. out, yep, with yep. like you know, 
See, yeah. my, my analogy there is like a tricked out Honda Civic. Like you're pimping <laughs> the big 12. No, right? but they think it's the hot it's new thing. Huge, they dude. think. Yeah, yeah but it, they, yeah, it's also the 17 year old who got a Honda Civic who thinks they're awesome. And it's like, bro, it's a Honda Civic. Like, what do you what do you what are you revving up the engine for in the cul-de-sac? I'm like, sure they well, showed there, it on TV, right? 12. They there's had a to show it on TV. Yeah, they had to have. The, I mean, there's a good chance that husband's making some pretty bad decisions leading to that divorce anyway. So dating a 17-year-old Honda Civic is, isn't that far off. I want it. Who uh, else is going, Seth? BYU, are they going to? BYU, SMU. I could Houston. see SMU, Houston. I, I could see them trying to rev. I don't know, dude. It Those was are all really bad schools. weird. It was really oh, yeah. weird. The Big 12 stinks. The first yep. thing Seth and I saw when we walked in the stadium was a store. That's like weird, a man. store in the very first shirt in the very beginning was, what was it? We are That's Big 12. Weird. Something like that. Yeah. It yeah. was just ass. That's like odd. wearing Abercrombie right now. And it's like, dude, Abercrombie hasn't cool been now. cool in like 20 years. I've heard the Big cool 12 now. hasn't been cool in 20 years. Like, what are yeah. you pimping the Big 12 for? It's put cool, down yeah. the Abercrombie's put, cool. Put down the puka shells and quit it. I think Abercrombie's cool. I don't know. Don't hate me if you're a young person listening to this. I don't know. Well, so um, has, has it cycled back around? Yeah, I think it, American I think it Eagle or whatever. It was like a status symbol in fifth grade, bro. That's and what I, it's like... and so was the Big 12. <laughs> yeah, because that's when <laughs> Texas was relevant, right? And I guess Nebraska. that was freshman year. In Nebraska and Oklahoma. Yep. All right. Anything uh, else, Seth? Yeah. One of the other things I had was the uh, the Cincinnati fans. There were there's always a couple douchebags, um, but the ones we talked to were yeah, super. One cool. in front of us um, with his parents who both went to IU, and the guy behind yep. us was was kind of nerdy, but he, he's a nice. Oh, guy. he was he was drunk hillbilly, but yeah, he was a lot <laughs> of fun. Um, so it was a good experience, all in all. I was a little bit worried having to babysit Bragg. So all in all, it was great. Um, the what, the what interest- was what was uh bragg sobriety level one to ten like a six yeah six oh, is, yeah. good yeah it was pretty yeah, well maintained fine. we played flip cup with some iu people in the parking lot before the game um yeah. i'd say the closest i got to a fight was as we passed the fraternity but that wasn't even <laughs> me all i was doing was walking and just got booed a lot we got and seth was wearing an iu shirt just for the record um we got booed oh, a lot but i did fist bump a couple of the girls that were there because they they asked for a fist bump i gave them a fist bump and then immediately dudes and i tried to give them a fist bump just to be a dick and they weren't having it so the, the uh, one cincinnati fan who was like demanding i give him a high five on the way out oh yeah that was like terrible. i'm not gonna apologize but like don't touch me like don't ever yeah. try to touch me I, please. I did tell seth at that point that was the time i would have grabbed the guy by the neck <laughs> if he would have touched me i would have just grabbed him by the neck i don't know if i would have hit him but I would have at least grabbed him by the neck and given him like, you don't do that. And just like, you know, dad pointed him in the finger or in the face. You don't do that. One of those. And then he uh, walked away. Yeah. And just the whole stadium infrastructure, though. So they had good people. They had a really cool like tailgating situation because you couldn't tailgate. Really, the parking is yeah. trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they had like a little grove where they had a bunch of Rheingeist and different food things and event things set up. It was kind of cool. Um but the infrastructure, like Michael's already said it, and I feel that it needs to be said again. 
don't go to Nippert Stadium expecting to have a wonderful bathroom experience, a wonderful eating experience inside the stadium. It doesn't exist. The cell phone service is trash. Mm -hmm. There is nothing about it that was like, it was Wrigley Field sands the charm. Like it was just exposed concrete, like those gross salt water stains or whatever those are everywhere. Seth, I got it. I got it. I got the comparison and it, me and you, it sucks to hear this, but Brandon will agree. It's the Wrigley field of college football. But before the, were you listening to me? Did you say That's it? what I said? It's Wrigley field without the charm. Oh, I missed it. I missed it. That's what it is. I wasn't listening to you. I was looking at, uh, Brandon you guys sending, to me? sending bowl predictions, um, from Zach Osterman who I think I blocked just based off of his on my personal account, just because I don't want to listen to him talk about Liverpool anymore, um, which is funny because he don't talk, doesn't talk about him anymore because they're not any good. Um, love you though, Zach. You're fine. You do great. Uh, cool. That's it. Let's do final statements. I've ended this on like feeling a little bit better. So I'm going to go ahead and ruin my mood for the rest of the night. Sorry, um, I, I have a positive one. So Okay, cool. Well, I need to talk about our in quotation marks fan base. Um, and here comes, and this is the, these were the police I was talking about, Seth. So here come the we police. Um, man, like all day today, and the Colts beat the Chiefs yesterday. I should be pumped. But all day today, I was hurt, still disappointed lost. still. Like, but it's one game on the road against a good team. But to, to see the amount of hatred, the amount of quit from the fan base is disgusting. Like, the, there are glaring weaknesses on this team, which we just spent, I don't know, 30 or 40 minutes talking about. And newsflash, guys, we are not Georgia. We're not Alabama. We're not Ohio State. They have weaknesses, but they're not this bad. And it's all about adjustments. You saw it in the second half. It can happen. If they can find the consistency, it, it, it's not a bad team. It's a bold team. Easy. And I, I don't know what the expectations were for the people that were going nuts on Twitter. To the, I guess that one maybe was the worst part, Brandon. It was Seth at some, some couple different points had to say, just don't, just stop, just be the bigger, don't reply. And that's like the worst thing for me. But um, I don't know what the expectations were for this year, but going undefeated definitely wasn't one that even I had. Um, so it's three and one after four games. And they just beat a team in Western Kentucky that just beat FIU 73 to nothing. And I'm not saying FIU is any sort of powerhouse, but when was the last time IU beat anybody 73 to nothing? I don't think it's ever happened. If it did in the 1820s or whatever it was, I don't know. They don't even think they scored that many points back then. But Illinois is rolling. And, and the teams that we have beat are good. So I don't know what the expectation was, but it, the first half was terrible. You saw what happened in the second half. That's the real team. Keep your head up. Keep going. Nebraska's next. Brandon, what do you got? There is not a talent issue at Indiana University. Enjoy the players that are here. There has been years, some may say decades, where IU doesn't have as many NFL players as that's potentially on this roster now. There's a lot of reasons to be really frustrated. And Michael just kind of went through and said to not be and to chill out because 
things are still positive. My thing is, I don't care how bad it gets. There's some really fun performance. We just went through a two and 10 season last year. Outside of Mike and Hendy, I don't know if there were a whole lot of fun players on that roster. You know, there's some really fun players on this roster. And there's things to watch on here. There's reasons to watch. And IU has went seasons without that not being a thing. I think there is the most exciting part of this season is how much more we can improve. We, how much more IU football can improve. I think there is a huge improvement opportunity at Indiana this year. And it's because of the quality of players. So, you know what? If, if you're not going to love the team, love the players because some are just an absolute joy. Brandon, I think you're absolutely right. And I think you and I both focused a lot on scheme today because I don't think it's a player issue. I don't think this is, it's a talent issue. I think it's a comfort and familiarity issue. I think it's a putting the chess pieces in the right place on the board issue. Um, so that's, I, I couldn't agree more with you. Um, and then brag to, to kind of piggyback off your point with what you guys are going through as a fan base. We are currently dealing with a similar situation at Purdue where the barstool boiler account, this numb nuts knuckle dragger, um, is demanding that Brom be fired because, you know, going nine and four and two and two, but if you make $5 million, then you're clearly trash. And, you know, because Daryl Hazel and Danny hope you just bred so much confidence throughout the program that, you know, that $5 million is just atrocious to spend on somebody. Well, you know, screw that guy. First of all, if you're going to be associated with a sports based account, a university sports based account, you have a duty and an obligation to be a positive reinforcer of that school of that institution and be a supporter of the student athletes and the coaches you can point out when things don't go well you can say that things aren't great you can say that there's better options elsewhere but to be in a situation where you demand firings because you're entitled and you think you have some expectations that aren't being met that's not something that is your problem support the players support the coaches until there's nothing else to do because you know as somebody who has to speak on behalf of Indiana football, it's very awkward being a Purdue guy, but you can at least bear the decency to say nice things about players to support them and to have their back when it's, you know, when the time's right. So don't be that guy. Don't send a tweet. Be the bigger person. Be if you can't enjoy Desan McCullough, what are you doing? If you can't get absolutely hyped for Cam Camper, Cam Jones, what are you doing? If you're not loving what DJ Matthews is doing, coming back from an ACL, what are you doing? Right? These are players that IU typically doesn't have. Like we don't get these guys. And yet you're still finding ways that I'm done with IU football. I can't watch this anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Like all the stuff Bragg said, fine. Like if you don't want to support the team, fine. But then you just don't like football. Right. Like football is still enjoy. There are somehow still Browns fans. Right. Like somehow Bears fans. <laughs> Yuck, yikes. Um, but so 
if you like football, you like the players on the field. Um, and if you can't like it, then I, I got nothing for you, man. Don't I talk to it. me. because right. I don't want to talk to you. We need to maintain the LEO culture. So everybody is always welcome. Everybody is always allowed their opinions, but don't come firing them off at us. Like, don't do that for what we send out a tweet saying, you know, keep your head up. It's three and one moving on to Nebraska. Clearly there were problems with what went on in the game. And then we get fired at with a bunch of just garbage tweets. I mean, be upset. Just be upset. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. We enjoy that you guys listen and follow on Twitter. Thank you very much and continue to do so. Uh, You can do that. It's at podcast. If you don't do it already, Um, Seth should be back on the live tweets since he'll have a cell signal, which would be great. Um, And then you can follow, download, rate, review, do all that cool stuff on all of our platforms, guys. We, Oh my God. I, I forgot that I wrote back to that one guy. Yeah. You got back to him. Yeah. Yeah. That was the stuff that Seth told me to put the phone down. But uh, come on, that was pretty funny. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I was just trying to figure out which one of them it was. But either way, guys, for real, like we, we don't hate you. Like we don't hate, we don't like your opinions sometimes, but you guys don't like our opinions, So it's fine. But we, you know, it doesn't matter. We all want everybody to, to do well. We want this team to do well. We all have the right intentions. Um, it's just some of us have to cover them and do this stuff and put our voices out. So uh, Peyton Hendershot just got his first career NFL catch. Let's go, Hindi. It's about time. Hey, look, Jelani Woods had two touchdowns yesterday. That's a third a third tight end. Maybe he can get a little touchies. Get a little touchdown hinder shot today. Um, let's go do a little Bragley Life bets here on that one. But either way, if I can find him, I've tried to do it before. I don't know if I'll be able to find him. But uh, either way, guys, we love you. Elio, uh, we'll be back in a couple days to preview Nebraska. Elio? Elio. He said it. Elio. Awesome day. Elio. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. Elio. All right. Great. Elio. Appreciate you guys. Elio. You're welcome, Dave. Have a great day. Elio. Have a great day. Elio. Appreciate you being here with us. Have an awesome day. And Elio. Oh, thank you so much. Elio. Well, thanks so much, Elio. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate that. Elio. Appreciate you guys, man. Have an awesome day. Elio. Awesome. Elio. Elio. Elio.